1 through 3. From Psalms chapter 46 and verses 1 through 3 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Aren't you thankful for that this morning? Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. And then he says this one word that's often overlooked in scripture, and it's Selah. And that's what I want to talk to you for a few minutes this morning on this word, Selah. We need a Selah moment with God here today. There's a lot of noise that's going on in our world, but we need a Selah moment with God. Amen. Let's just pray for just a moment. Let's ask the Lord to help us today and to speak to our hearts. Lord, would you, would you touch us today? Continue to touch us today. Thank you for the praise team that ushered us into your presence. And we ask now that your word would go forth. And we know that it will not come back void, God, because it is anointed. And we thank you for this. But speak to our hearts, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. Selah is a Hebrew word indicating a pause in the musical direction to allow the listener to pause and to meditate, to reflect, or to listen. It's mentioned about 75 times in the Bible. 71 of those times is directly referenced in the book of Psalms. Three is in the book of Habakkuk, and then there's one, I think it's in the book of Chronicles. But in all cases of its usage, there is a special message of hope to be gleaned while the listener pauses to reflect and to have a moment to listen to what the Lord is speaking through that verse. In this particular psalm, it begins by describing God as our refuge and our strength. A very present help in time of trouble. I don't know how many times I've quoted that verse when I was in a time of distress. And I have found that he is an ever-present help. Not just in times of difficulty, but an ever-present Help. But he goes on to describe a terrible chain of events in a state of general catastrophe in the world. And we don't know anything about that, do we? 2020, we're just cruising right through it and everything's going hunky-dory. But he describes multiple catastrophic earthquakes that caused the entire mountains to crumble and fall into the sea. He, he describes tsunamis that caused the ocean to foam and roar and crash onto the land. And he goes on to describe other things as well. But then he says this, therefore will not we fear. Though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. But then he says, but Selah. I don't really need to enumerate all of the world's many problems going on right now, but here are just a few of them. We have, as you may have heard, a worldwide pandemic. I know that shocks you once again, so brace yourself. That sent the stock markets crashing to a record low, also causing unemployment rate to soar to its highest since the Great Depression, not the least of which is the deaths that have occurred because of said pandemic. As state restrictions are placed and have been placed upon churches, many of them have had to take their case all the way to the Supreme Court just to get the rights to have church again. And now there are riots and looting all over our nation. Innocent lives are being senselessly taken Increased hatred in men's hearts. There's anarchy in many cities. And if that wasn't enough, now Storm Geo, again, you may not have heard this, Storm Geo, which is a National Weather Service forecasting service, they are predicting an increased amount of, and I quote directly from their website, a busy hurricane season. 
with as many as six major earthquakes, levels three all the way up to five to hit the United States this year. Now for most of us, 2020 began with high hopes. It was a good economy with record unemployment rates. No pandemics, no riots, no hurricane predictions, and then all of a sudden, chaos. And it does remind all of us how quickly things can change. But I've got a word for you today, which the Lord spoke to my heart several weeks ago in prayer on an early, early morning. And it was this, Selah. It means to pause, to stop, to meditate, and listen to what God is saying to the church in this hour. Because there's a lot of noise in our world today that will drown out what God is saying in this hour. And there's a lot of distractions that will try and take away from what God is saying and doing in this hour. But let me encourage you today by saying that God never starts something without finishing it. Philippians says this, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. If God began something inside of you in your spirit, rest assured that he will complete that work. God didn't bring us this far to let us down now. As the song that we just sang said, he's never going to let you down. That was right here in my notes. He's never going to let you down. The world with all of its noise in 2020 has not surprised God. Yes, it took us by surprise, but not God. And if we'll just have a Selah moment today to pause and get our ears tuned back into what God is saying instead of all the noise that's coming from the world. We will too be able to say like the psalmist, Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, because I've got a sail out moment with God. And I've got to get my ears tuned in to what the Spirit of God is saying to us in this hour. I've got to ask you something the Lord challenged me. Again, this was many weeks ago, and it was this, this question, what are you focusing on in this hour? What is, your, what is the main focus? Where does most of your mental energy go? Because when you see all the tragedy and all the anger and all the pain and the heartache that's going on in our world right now, it can make you angry uh, because of the many injustices that are done on, on all sides and everywhere. But I will tell you what, if you will listen to what God is saying right now, he is saying, tune out what the world is saying. Turn off the news and open your Bibles and listen to what God is saying because none of this has taken God by surprise. It's all by design. Revelation 1, it says this, And I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. In the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire. And his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace. And his voice as the sound of many waters, and he had in his right hand seven stars and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength now John was exiled into the Isle of Patmos because of his testimony of the Lord Jesus and this was not a private island getaway vacation with sandy white beaches where his, his wife was fanning him and feeding him grapes all day and sipping a large glass of iced tea this was not a place you would want to go to, the Isle of Patmos. 
it, it was a horrid place. So hard that that's where they sent people that they didn't want in society. They didn't want people to go there. Nobody lived in the Isle of Patmos. He was by himself. Uh, but God was getting ready to show him an entire book, which we know now as the book of Revelation, that's filled with big judgments being poured out upon the earth. One thing right after another. And you can read through the book of Revelation, and you can see that it is outright catastrophe. You things are, think things are bad now. I mean, things are happening quickly now. Wait till we get to when the book of Revelation is actually coming to pass right before our eyes. Amen. But God is getting ready to show John this. But John did something that we all need to do when things get bad. He got in the spirit on the Lord's day. And he saw a vision. Before he saw the catastrophe, before he saw, uh, you, know, you know, where people were so fearful that they began to pray that rocks would fall on them and kill them and hide us from the face of the Lamb of God. Before he saw any of that, he saw seven golden candlesticks and Jesus standing in the middle of it in all of his glory. Now, in case you aren't aware of this, the seven golden candlesticks was the only light that was inside of the tabernacle plan. We learned this from our series on the, on the tabernacle plan several months ago, the pastor taught. Uh, so, so, so this golden candlestick was, was the light. Once the high priest would enter inside of the actual tent of meeting, the only light that was inside of that was from, was from those candlesticks. Now, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. So he's the light, but the church is the vehicle that carries that light. So in the same manner, the church stands for the golden candlesticks, or the golden candlestick stands or represents the church. And so what God was showing John was that those seven candlesticks stand for the church that he still got in the midst of all the churches, and that he still has those stars in his hand, and that God was showing John that the government cannot stop, and the devil cannot bind what God has designed to happen in this hour. The government cannot and they will not stop what God has predetermined to happen in this world. And I say this under the anointing of God that I don't care what happens in Congress. I don't care what Senate does. I don't care what happens in November. I don't care who they vote in or vote out. I will tell you this. There's going to be revival in Liberty, Missouri. There's going to be revival in this world. God said it in his word. It shall come to pass in the last day, saith God. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Amen. We will not be back to up into a corner fearing for our lives but we will be bold and confident that God is with us amen but the world would have you look around in all the world and say man things are awful bad we're you know I I, I thought great things were going to happen I thought we were going to you know see thousands receive the Holy Ghost I thought God was going to do this and that but you know it must be let's just go hide in the cave somewhere but I'm here to tell you you're listening to what the world is doing right now if you're looking for what God is doing don't look for it what's happening in the world because God is not in any of that God is right here in his word the same place he always was before and we have to get back and get our minds refocused on what God wants to do in this hour no pandemic should take away our victory. Amen. Uh, no amount of chaos and catastrophe and anarchy, uh, you know, in the government or anywhere abroad and beyond should ever take away our boldness for our faith in Christ. And the main cause and get our minds unfocused on what, or, or 
to get our minds refocused on what God wants us to do. So I've got good news and bad news this morning. The bad news is the world is not getting any better anytime soon. That probably doesn't come as a shock to you. Matter of fact, it's going to get worse before it gets better. And we know this, it's written in the Bible, 2 Timothy 3.13, but evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. If you're looking for the answers, it's not in the world. Because the world only has more questions. But the answers are in God's word. The answers are in Jesus Christ. The answers are found in him. Sin itself is getting worse. The condition of men's hearts is getting worse. Prophetically speaking, it must happen. Paul said in these last days, perilous times will come, and the condition of men's hearts will generally get further and further and further and further away from God. Now that's the bad news. But here's the good news. God has given us a Selah moment for this hour. The blind will see, the lame will walk, the deaf will hear, miracles will increase, people will be filled and born again in this city and beyond Selah. If the economy collapses, God has his own economy. If a greater pandemic hits us, God has healing and deliverance and protection and provision here in his church. If the world is filled with hate, God has a place of peace and love where we can hear God's voice. Selah, listen to what God is saying in this hour. Not the noise going on in this world. Because we are preparing for the greatest move of God this world has ever known. We are going to see millions be filled with the Holy Ghost. We are going to see tumors fall off of people in services on a Wednesday night. Amen. We are going to see people get out of wheelchairs and start walking. We are going to see blinded eyes start to be opened. Amen. We are going to see the lame begin to walk. We are going to see people come in. Amen. They're going to come in here with all kinds of diseases, with diverse diseases, but but they are going to be healed under the power of God. Selah. Amen. Selah. I said, Selah, listen to what God is saying in this hour. Don't get your mind so caught up in how bad the world is that you miss how good God is. Don't get caught up in realizing the mess that's in the world that you miss the miracle that's getting ready to be born in this city and in many other cities. I said Selah, listen to what God is saying because he surely will do it. I don't know why everything's happening the way it is, but I think one of the reasons just might be that God or you know that the enemy wants the church to get backed up into a cave somewhere. Worrying about the future, worried about how we're going to do this, and worried about how we're going to do that. You know what? You don't have to worry about anything. Jesus himself said, today has enough trouble for itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. So just relax and let God have it and just be obedient in this season and don't worry about what happens in the next. Now, I know that's sometimes easier said than done, but sometimes when the world fills you with so much noise and you get caught up in fear and anxiety, and many of you have felt that. Because fear has gripped this world. And that's really what people are battling against. It's fear. There is a spirit of fear that has been unleashed like never before. And you know what? That is a sign of the times because even the Bible says that as we draw near closer to the end, the devil will get angrier and angrier and angrier because he knows he has but a short time. And it's not going to be too much longer, folks. 
Don't fall asleep and don't get caught hiding in a cave. It's not time to be fearful. It's time to be bold because God is with us. Isaiah 43 and 19 says this, Behold, I will do a new thing now. It shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Let me tell you that God is not strapped for power in a powerless world. He's not run out of resources in a bad economy. He isn't out of miracles in a hopeless world. And I don't care what the naysayers say. God is not finished yet with his country and with America. Anarchy will not overtake this country until God has had its way. Amen. He's readying the church for a powerful downpour of spirit and revival. And as bad as the world wants to shake things up, God's getting ready to do his own shaking. Amen. He's getting ready to shake this world. Amen. To shake this world and cause them to come down to an altar and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Many will be born again this hour. Everything that's been prophesied will come to pass. So, Selah, listen to what God is saying. We need to be like the psalmist when he said this in Psalm 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now this secret place was the place beyond the veil of the temple. Behind the curtain where the Shekinah shimmering glory of God dwelt. This was a a physical manifestation of God's spirit. He was actually in a glory cloud inside of that high place. And you better bet that that high priest, when he went behind that veil, he couldn't have a single blemish in him. He had to have done, you know, everything correctly. And he had to have the blood. And that high priest knew that when he was in that place and when he saw, and when he was in that place and when he saw that that glory cloud that covered that place, that he knew, I'm in a safe place right now. Nothing can touch me here. Because I am right standing side by side with God Almighty. Now, often we have this vision of God that he's out there somewhere. But you know what? You know, Jesus said it like this. If you've got the spirit, he said, I am an ever-present help inside of you. You are so perfectly unified with Christ. When you were baptized into his name and when you were baptized into his spirit, you were perfectly unified with Christ and so and so his spirit you know literally fills fills you and so when you were if you want to know where Jesus is he's right here with you he's in you we've got that same glory uh, that they had I mean in a different way of course it's not a physical manifestation usually but 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 he's filled us in that same way we have that same glory and this is what God is saying is that he that dwells in the secret place shall abide under the shadow of the almighty so in the presence of God there is a glory that covers guards and protects that's why after he spoke of abiding in that place if you abide in that place he said this i will say of the lord He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the noise and pestilence. He will cover me with his feathers and under his wings shall I trust. His truth shall be my shield and buckler. You will not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flies by day, nor for the destruction, nor for the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes in noonday. There is a glory that God wants to cover the church with and in. We can walk in it, we can dwell in it, we can abide in it, and it covers, it guards, it protects. We've got to walk in it every day. We've got to get up in the morning and be filled with it. Be filled with the Spirit. Fill your mind with God's Word. 
and you walk in that glory, and nothing that the enemy does in this hour can touch you. You know what? It's true. You might, you know, I might, I might, I might get COVID-19 tomorrow and die by the end of next week. I don't know what's going to happen, but I know this, that in the midst of it all, he's going to either walk with me through it, or he's going to deliver me from it. And if God chooses to take me to live as Christ is, uh, is you know, to die is gain, to live, to live as Christ, to die is gain. So if God chooses to take any of us, it's our faith that God is guarding. It's that faith that the enemy is after. It's, you know, the enemy wants you to, you know, it's to lay down your sword and lay down your faith and say, you know what, this world is in too bad a shape. There, there's too much of a mess right now. You know, I don't know how even God can do this. And the enemy, that spirit of fear will sit on your shoulder and make you angry and fill you with anxiety and fill you with a lack of peace. But if you'll have a stay out moment with God today, you can realize there is a glory that covers. There is a God, amen, there is a God that protects. There is a God that delivers from every fear. And the enemy is not going to stop what God is determined to do with this church. This is what God spoke to me to just this week. He said this, there will be peace and provision in Goshen. Now, if you don't know what Goshen was, it was the place where Joseph brought up his father Jacob and 11 brothers to dwell in during the famine. It was the best in Egypt, and there they stayed. For over 400 years until the Exodus. And they grew there and they multiplied there. And it was where Israel was, was dwelling when the plagues were going on. In all of Egypt, there were plagues everywhere. But you know what? There was peace in Goshen. Plagues on Egypt, but Goshen had peace. Rain, hail, fire upon Egypt, but none of that in Goshen. Frogs, lice, locusts, bloody rivers, but peace in Goshen. The firstborn dying, but not in Goshen. At least not where the blood was applied. The economy tore up Egypt and laid to waste. But peace in Goshen. Because they were God's people there. And they were governed not by Egyptian law, but by a divine law. They were under that divine law. The word Goshen means to draw near. As in this, in Genesis 45 and 10. And thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen, and thou shalt be near unto me. Thou and thy children and thy children's children and thy flocks and thy herds and all that thou hast. So whenever Joseph, or rather whenever Israel or Jacob, when he came into Egypt, you know, Joseph said, I'm not going to send you out somewhere else, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring you near to me. I'm going to bring you near to this place called Goshen. So that's why it was called to draw near, to draw, to, to draw near. And so when Egypt was getting laid waste by plagues, God already had generations before taken them to a place of safety and provision. And whether you realize it or not, you are already hidden in the rock. And the enemy cannot touch you. If you are in Christ, you are hidden in the rock of ages. A much greater rock than the Lord hid the body of Moses. We are not hid in an earthly rock. We are hidden in a spiritual rock. The rock that followed them in the wilderness Hallelujah. I'm hidden. I've hidden myself in that rock of ages, and the devil cannot touch me. Amen. The devil has sought after many of us, but you know what? I've hidden my faith in the rock of ages. That's a place where the enemy can't touch it. Amen. The world can do everything that it wants, but in Goshen, amen, in Christ, there is provision. Amen. God did not allow Egypt's mess to thwart Israel's miracle, because while they were being persecuted in Egypt, God was using the mess of Egypt to bring to pass a long promise of getting them up. Up and out of Egypt. 
Let me tell you today, it won't be too much longer now when God is getting ready to move his church up and out of this world with a shout and with the sound of the trumpet and the voice of the archangel. Amen. The trumpet will sound and the dead in Christ are going to rise first and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And all the mess and nonsense that's going on in the world right now, the devil cannot stop that day, not a single, not not with all of the strength that he has. All the demons in the world cannot stop what God is wanting to do in this hour and with this church. So as long as we're here in Goshen, he's near to us. He's our refuge and strength. He's not going to leave us all alone in the fight. Surely he will come and save us quickly. From Isaiah 35, say to them that are of a fearful heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, even God with a vengeance. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened. This is what we will see this in our hour. We've already seen a lot of it, but we're getting ready to see a whole lot of it. The eyes of the blind shall be opened. The ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame leap as in a harp, and the tongue of the dumb shall sing. For in the wilderness shall waters break out and streams in the desert. Waters in the wilderness and streams in the desert. That's what God is getting ready to provide. There will be provision in Goshen. Amen. Because as long as you got your hands to the plow, as long as you're working for the Lord, then he will always provide for what, you know, whenever it seems like you might lose your job, things might get really bad. I don't know, but I don't, you know what? We serve a God that can pull money out of a fish's mouth. We serve a God that is getting ready to do creative miracles, but somehow I just got this feeling that there's not going to be a lot of job losses in this church. Because I believe God is going to provide. I believe God is going to do a work. I don't know what's going to happen in the world, but God always has his own economy. Somehow, God is going to provide. You will not fall behind in your bills. That's what the enemy wants you to believe. You know what? That things are going to get bad, and, and, and you're going to fall behind, and, and you know, and you're, and God, heaven, you know, heaven help us, you're going to get COVID-19, you're all going to die, and your kids are going to be left hope, you know, hopeless or homeless or whatever. You know what? That's just the spirit of fear. And sometimes we need to talk back to the enemy with what thus saith the Lord. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled. Amen. I will be confident of this one thing, that I'm in the rock today. Amen. My faith is not in the world, in our worldly economic system. My faith is in Jesus Christ. It's in him. So say la today. Listen to what God is saying. So Elijah, you have to love a man like this. Called down fire from heaven, slew, from what I read in the Bible, 450 prophets of Baal by himself. That's a pretty good day. I guess it would have been better to convert him, but Elijah wasn't like-minded. And then he got a letter from Jezebel. I don't know if it was the same day, but shortly thereafter. And the letter said something like this. God, do so to me, and more also, if you're not dead by this time tomorrow. Love, Jezebel. And this man who slew by himself 450 prophets of Baal and called down fire from heaven right after he mocked the prophets of Baal for trying to call down fire from their God. And this man went and he sat underneath a juniper tree 
and he asked God to just kill him. Can you believe that? No, I can because I've had days like that. <laughs> you may not have, but I've had plenty of them. Where, you know, you're under the anointing of God and you're calling down fire from heaven, so it seems, and then that very same day or the next day, you're just like, Lord, it's all over. Just kill me now. Just take me home, Lord. But Elijah, as much as powerful as he was, he was also very human, a man of like passions, the Bible calls him. But, you know, so you, you may be familiar with the story. I think it's in 1 Kings 19-ish, right around that, right around the, that area. But, but the angel of God, while he apparently he fell asleep under this juniper tree, the angel of God woke him up and, and said, Elijah, you've you got to get up you, and you've got to eat bread because you've you got a long journey ahead of you. And God was trying to bring Elijah to a place, Mount Horeb, the mountain of God. And so, so the angel made him this little loaf of cake or something, and, and so he went into the journey 40 days uh, without eating. And he comes to this cave, and he prays again, Lord, just kill me. And God says, but why? And, and Elijah says, well, Lord, you know, I'm the only prophet left in Israel, and now they're getting ready to kill me too, so... I'd rather you kill me than Jezzy, so just kill me now. And the Bible says this, that as Elijah was speaking, there was a strong wind that tore the mountain into where he was. I don't know what kind of wind that was, but that must have been a pretty powerful wind to, to literally tear that mountain in two, that rock, that Mount Horeb where he was. And then there was an earthquake, and then there was a great fire. And, and through the midst of all of this, Elijah's listening to this, and he's not hearing God speak. Now, here's, here's, the, here's the trick to this. If you, can, you, can, you can miss this if you just read quickly over it. But here's the thing. God had never really spoken, in the man, at least not to Elijah, in the manner that God was getting ready to speak to Elijah. Elijah was used to doing what? Calling fire from heaven. He did that at least once, twice in, in, in the scriptures. Called down fire from heaven. He was a man of, of boldness, of power. And, and so that's how he expected to hear from God. It was this booming voice. But God had never spoke to Elijah like that. And so naturally, Elijah, as he's seeing, you know, the earthquake. Remember, why did Elijah just pray? Lord, just kill me. So God says, okay, I'm going to send a wind. And Elijah saw that wind coming and, and that mountain getting torn in two. And he thought, this is it. Here it comes. I'm getting ready to die. And then he saw the earthquake happen, and he said, well, that wasn't it, but this must be it. I'm getting ready to die, because I just prayed for the Lord to kill me. Now he's going to kill me. And it didn't happen. He's still alive. Not only that, but he's, he's not even harmed. A mountain that was torn to by a great wind, and Elijah didn't have a single scar on him. Not a single twig touched his body. And then a fire, a great fire. That tore the mountain up in pieces. And Elijah doesn't even have the smell of smoke on him. And after that, a still, small voice. And I say this in closing. That what God was speaking to Elijah was, Elijah, you need to have a Selah moment. Where you drown out the noise of what's happening all around you. Because I am not in the earthquake I am not in the fire, and I am not in the external things that are happening around you. So get your eyes out of 
off of all of that and get your ears tuned back into what I am speaking because I am not finished with you yet. You have not done your greatest work, Elijah. Jezebel's letter, see, that was, that was Elijah's real problem. Elijah's problem was he still had Jezebel's letter stuck in his head. And you know what? The world would have, you know, would like to write us a letter today. This is the end. No more revival. No more this, no more that. You know, there's anarchy all over. There's, you know, people are getting killed. I mean, all these bad things are happening. There's a pandemic. There's a bad economy. How can we do any of the things that we planned that we really felt were from the Lord that God was going to do? But God is saying, I'm not in any of that. That is not me speaking. My voice comes in a still, small voice. And this is what God is saying, Selah, get alone with me and listen to my voice. Amen. Get your eyes back into my word. Get your ears tuned back into what I am doing. Because God is getting ready to create a mighty shaking in this world. And nothing is going to stop it. We are going to see a revival sweep across this world. And it will be a quick work of the Spirit of God. Amen. God is going to send deliverance into our hands. He is going to put our feet across the path of people who are hurting and longing to know him. Amen. God is going to use our tongue. He's going to use our ears. He's going to use our voices in this hour like we have never seen before. We are going to see a generation of young people that are going to raise up and do great and mighty exploits in the kingdom of God. We are going to see our greatest preachers, our greatest faith healers, amen, our greatest soul winners. They are still yet to come. So stop listening to Jezebel. And listen to what God is saying in this hour. I don't care what they say. America is not going to fall. Not like this. The church is not going to fold up. Not like this. We're going to go out in a blaze of glory one day. I'm listening for the sound of the trumpet. The sound. I don't think it's just quite yet. And while I do believe that it's a midnight hour, it's a dark hour, it's a time to stay awake and alert in the spirit. I do know this also, that there is going to be a greater work of God's Spirit before He comes. There is going to be a greater revival than we have ever seen before. And it will shake this world and bring it to its knees. Let's stand to our feet today. I need just to lift your hands right now. Let your voices out. God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but power and love and of a sound mind. And I know many of you have felt anxious and felt anxiety for various reasons. If you're watching at home, then there's probably many people that are watching this online that have felt anxious and fearful. But I will tell you this, what I know in my spirit, God is with you. He's walking with us. There's provision in Goshen. There's deliverance in the house of God. There's healing in this house today. There is a greater flow of God's spirit than, than, we, want, than, than what we have ever known before.
out, but I want you to find a place and just talk to God and have a sailor moment right now. I want you just to tune out the voice of the world and kind of get your mind refocused in on what God is saying. To, what is God saying to you personally? I want to have a sailor.